turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. You know, we have a tendency to put people into a strata. But when we compare that range of how we tend to measure people to the glory of Jesus Christ, all of a sudden everything shrinks down to the bottom and everyone is on the same level. You know, there is so much to think about in those few words. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Uh, we do seem to put everybody into categories, but when we compare ourselves with Jesus Christ, the difference is so great, we begin to all look the same. We are just one in His eyes, aren't we? We're going to learn more about that on this edition of Study Verse by Verse, as Pastor Leighton continues in the book of James and moves into chapter 2. And now, Lord, as we turn our attention to your word, we ask you to be our teacher and transform the way we think, the, the way we speak, and the way we act by the power of your word and your spirit working within us. Anoint this time, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to James chapter 2. And as you're turning there, I want to remind you that James is not so much interested with the correct and accurate uh, verbal expression of doctrine as he is with its living expression. He wants Christians to be better Christians. It is considered to be the earliest book of the New Testament era. It was written during one of the times of early persecution against Christians, recorded for us in the book of Acts chapter 8. And in that time of persecution, the gospel and the believers were spread out from Jerusalem into Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And so James is the pastor of the, the head church, the main church in Jerusalem, and, and he, he's concerned about the spiritual welfare of those who have been dispersed abroad. And so he sends this letter. In the first letter, he reminds his suffering brothers and sisters that they should not be surprised when times of testing comes. And he prepares them for the test by giving him guidance and strategy, which applies not only to them, but also to us as well. Now, we previously studied chapter 1, and that's available if you'd like to review it on highlands.us, our website. So our study today commences with chapter 2. It reads, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothes comes into your assembly, and a, a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith? and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? But you've dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, 
you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. And if you do not commit adultery but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So here in this passage, James is stressing that our partiality or lack thereof is yet another uh, test of living out our faith. You may recall that the first test is how we respond to trials, and that's in chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. And the second one is how we respond to temptation, that's in verses 13 through 18. And the third one is how we respond to the Word of God. Are we just hearers or are we doers? That wraps up the end of that chapter. And now this fourth test brings our attention to the issue of partiality or favoritism. And he he issues a warning against showing favoritism to the wealthy and displaying a belittling or denigrating attitude towards the poor. Such favoritism was common in the culture of that day, but it ignores the essential elements of the Christian gospel. And it is a failure to, an example of a failure to keep oneself unstained by the world. And like Jesus, James pronounces a blessing on the poor, a warning to the wealthy, and warns against judging instead of showing mercy. Now with that as an introduction, let's begin our study of the passage verse by verse. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And so he begins his address uh, by saying, my brothers, and he's going to be confronting an attitude that has produced favoritism in the church. And he's addressing them as my brothers in part because we're dealing with a family issue here. You see, among believers, uh, there is a universal accountability to God's Word. And, and we should remind one another what God has instructed us to do, but in so doing, we're also reminding ourselves that we are held to the same standard, that the biblical truth applies to us all. And so by addressing his readers in this manner, James is dismissing any suggestion that he, as the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, is not one of them. He's saying, I am one of you. And, and there's, it's important for us to understand that there is only one standard of obedience, one standard for all believers. There's only one standard of obedience for all believers. But I, I, I still occasionally hear Christians say things like, a pastor should never do that, whatever that is. Well, if there's only one standard for all believers, then if a pastor shouldn't do that, neither should anybody else who's a believer. So a better way of saying is a Christian, a believer, should never do that, whatever that is. Because there is only one standard of obedience that applies to all believers. And so by saying, my brothers, he is emphasizing the togetherness of obedience to Christ. And and his concern is regarding favoritism or partiality. He says, show no partiality. Partiality is pandering to someone because 
they are prosperous, powerful, or popular. Uh, they're rich, they're influential, or they're famous. And the word literally means to lift up one's face. And it has a good meaning. It's not a, it, it, originally, it wasn't a bad word. It meant, it meant to accept a person with favor, to respond favorably to a person. But it then went on to begin to mean favoritism. Showing favor is good. Showing favoritism is not. The Old and New Testaments unite in condemning partiality and favoritism. Showing favoritism based on external considerations is inconsistent with our faith in Christ Jesus who breaks down the barriers of race, class, gender, wealth, education, and so forth. The Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 3.11, Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now James wrote, Show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Look at that phrase, the Lord of glory, for a moment. The glorious Lord. You know, we have a tendency to put people into a strata, uh, organization that we have. We have some people that are here in the way we perceive them. There are some people that are here the way we perceive them. There are some people here the way we perceive them, and so forth. But when we compare that range of how we tend to measure people to the glory of Jesus Christ, all of a sudden everything shrinks down to the bottom and everyone is on the same level. Think of the most powerful person you know, somebody you would place high on your social strata, somebody that's rich or powerful, whatever. How many universes have they made? Do you think that they could walk on the sun, let alone make the sun? You see how the glory of the Lord is so absolutely immense that it puts everybody else into just one category. There can be no distinctions of rank and prestige when people meet in the presence of the King of glory. In His presence, all distinctions are like dust, and all righteousness is as filthy rags. Now, the construction here indicates that He is forbidding a practice that is presently in progress. He's saying, stop it. Stop showing favoritism. And I've said it before, but I need to say it again and again because it's important for us to understand that there has never been a perfect church. Never been. James here is writing to an imperfect church. Many of the books of the New Testament were letters written to churches to correct their theology or their practice. And after only a few verses of greeting, the Apostle Paul writes to the Galatians, I'm astonished that you so quickly are deserting and turning to a different gospel. 
And, and then after a few verses in Corinthians, Paul says, I appeal to you that there be no divisions among you. There has never been a perfect church. But that doesn't mean that we should give up aspiring to be as perfect as we can for the glory of God. Is one of your frustrations with your imperfections, if you will, uh, the fact that you don't spend enough time in the Word of God? I think we all feel that way. This is a great way to uh, jumpstart that area of your life, to have this visit every day with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Just 13 minutes or so of study in God's Word and spending time learning what he has to say to us about our future, about how we live our lives. He's in the book of James. We'll continue in chapter 2 on the next edition of The Visit. And please remember that we're a nonprofit outreach. We really do appreciate the partnership of uh, so many people who come alongside of us financially and the prayer support that we know we receive on a regular basis. If you'd like to know more about the church, the website is... Highlands.us. That's Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at Highlands.us. And this ministry is at studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks again for joining us today. Be back tomorrow when Pastor Layton will open the Word of God once again and we'll study verse by verse.